We've got a backlog of training camp notes to update you on, including Jonah Williams, who's made a pretty smooth transition to right tackle and a bunch of notes on a number of positions that people have been asking about for a while. Let's get caught up. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're here at Paycor Stadium bringing you more training camp updates. We're going to focus in a little bit more on Jonah Williams today. And if you're new to the podcast, you can find us on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast. You can subscribe on any of those platforms. That's going to make it really easy for you to join the first listen club. Those of you who make us your first listen every day and you can become an everydayer. You won't miss anything going on at training camp as we gear up for preseason game number one. And James, we're going to start today with Jonah Williams because we've heard from a number of coaches at this point that if you're on YouTube, you can see it. He's had a smooth move the right tackle so far and to me there's been a night and day difference between him and Jackson Carmen out there not to say that Carmen's been awful consistently or anything like that he's had his ups and downs but to me Jonah has been pretty consistently impressive so far in this training camp he's been a steadying presence at that position and that's what they were hoping for when they saw signed Lyle Collins last year and, and that's obviously what they're banking on with Jonah and that's why there was value for this team keeping Jonah Williams I know that was a really debated topic this offseason, but he didn't have much value elsewhere because of that guaranteed money. The Bengals had already allotted that amount to him and, and accounted for it, and it may pay off because Jonah has certainly been the number one right tackle. And to me, it, it, there's a variety of, of reasons why. One, the transition to right tackle. He yeah. looks really comfortable. Frank Pollock, Zach Taylor, uh, multiple coordinators, uh, or not multiple, multiple coaches, rather, certainly offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, all noting how comfortable Jonah looks. He is healthy, 100% healthy. Mm-hmm. Talked to him last week. He was smiling from ear to ear. And, and I think it's because he's confident, he's healthy. And after a, a tough offseason where he was rehabbing and learning a new position, he realizes that this is, uh, th- this is a chance for him to prove himself at the NFL level at a high level. And the good news is, is we're going to see him on Wednesday. I think that's one of the many times we're going to mention the Green Bay Packers and that joint practice that's happening right here on Wednesday. And guess what? Jonah Williams is going to have to block somebody else. The good news is, is he's blocking some tough guys right now in this Bengals defensive line room. There are no slouches in there. So I think he's off to a hell of a start. Yeah, something we can actually talk about before that joint practice, since we have an off day, is the things that we're going to be looking for. And that'll have to come after I've had some time to review who's on Green Bay's roster because the departure of Aaron Rodgers made Green Bay a little less relevant in my mind. You're wearing not. Packers colors I'm right wearing now. wearing Utah Jazz colors, oh. locked on podcast colors. Oh, okay. But I will not. I you're sure, going to wear a cheese head or something. I'll make sure I won't wear Wednesday. this shirt on Wednesday because that would be confusing. You're going to wear a Brett Favre jersey next. Favre? Aaron Rodgers. I don't know how to mispronounce Antonio that Freeman. On the topic of Baba Franks, Jonah Williams, Frank Pollock yesterday after practice said that he Greg Jennings looks like he's been there for years and that it's been a smoother than expected change to right tackle. 
He's been working through his rehab on that transition part of his rehab. And I think Jonah talked about this was as soon as he could starting to take reps at right tackle and getting used to, uh, as Frank Pollock talked about it, the power hand, the, the footwork change, called him a good player, had effusive praise, I think, and, and saying that it's been better than expected, smoother than expected, the change to right tackle. Looks like he's been playing the position for years. It's kind of been the chorus from <laughs> Bengals coaches. And I think that if it, if it wasn't true to some degree, they wouldn't be that effusive in praise. I think, I think they are legitimately pre- pleased with Jonah Williams. And it's not just that they're talking him up or anything like that. I think that it's, it's a real, a real thing. You listen to the way they talk about some of the other offensive linemen and it's not to say that it's, it's bad or anything like that. There's, there's a more of a mixed bag when they talk about some of these other guys that we're Mm -hmm. going to talk about a little bit later when we talk about the rotations we've seen, you hear that, you know, this has been good, but this needs to be better. There wasn't as much of that when any of them have talked about Jonah Williams. No, there hasn't been, and there's a reason why. I've said it a ton on the pod, and our everydayers have heard me, so I apologize in advance. I know what bad offensive line play looks like in camp because for the majority of my time covering the Bengals, I've seen it. And this line overall, now have they been perfect? No, but overall they've been pretty darn good, and Williams is part of that. I think he is, and whether it's the fact that he's healthy, whether it's the fact that it's the ultimate prove-it season for him, as he's 25 years old. And yes, he's making a lot of money this year, but man, he's got all of the motivation in the world, family to provide for career year. You're going to go get paid. He's going to get a raise from his current contract yearly, annually from some team. If he goes out there and he plays solid right tackle, yeah. just that he'll make 15 million a year next year. And like, that's what's on the line. He maybe has more, maybe more, yeah. but like if he's just average, like look, the, the guy in Atlanta, McGlinchey. Uh, no, the guy in Atlanta that, that oh. signed, he, he signed for over 10 million plus, And I think Jonah Williams could be better than him for sure. So um, Mike McGlinchey signed for way more. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like Mike McGlinchey is about an average right tackle. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's yeah. it. Right. So if you have a first round pedigree and you have a guy that's on a contending team and he plays at a really high level, well, there you go. Or even a, an average level. So I think this is so far exactly what we wanted to see from Jonah. The other part of this is the off the record stuff. And obviously I can't share it, but what I can say is that all of his teammates believe in him. It's not like the trade request offended them in any way. It's not like him not showing up to any of this offseason stuff. They never held any of that against him because they understood the, the business side of it. They understood that he was upset. And from Orlando Brown Jr., the guy who took his job on down, no one's questioning him. And I think that that happens not just through talking, but through action. And the action that we don't see, the fact that he's here, he told us he spends at least 14 hours a day at the facility. It might be more. And, and he's getting extra rehab and, and treatment uh, on that need just to keep it healthy. And, and the, then the other note would be he did dislocate both kneecaps last year. One was worse. That's why he had the surgery. The other one wasn't. So hopefully he can stay healthy because if he stays healthy, the Bengals are going to be a much better team. Yeah, one was it came out. One was a subluxation where it goes out and goes back in right away. That's why I was able to come back, played on it. Probably wasn't very comfortable. Just the idea of your kneecap moving still like kind of makes your skin crawl a little bit anytime I think about it anyway. So good for him to be back, playing at a high level. The official first depth chart is out, James. Doesn't mean anything. John Williams is number one on the depth chart. Doesn't mean anything. It does not. 
some of the some of the depth chart just option. Yeah, it's just wild. So we, we were joking about it earlier. That's that's kind of an inside joke between me and James. And now you're in. Coming up next, let's talk a little bit more about the rest of the offensive line. Some guys that are battling for jobs as the Bengals try to figure out which versatile pieces they can keep in different spots because. The competition is quite interesting. We've talked about how many positions and how many spots on this roster are up for grabs and how really the, the one place that, that it could get very interesting for some of these guys that could choose to go light is offensive line. And, and with Frank Pollock's comments yesterday, we can dive into some of those in a little bit more depth here coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. And our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And if you're looking for a fantasy football wide receiver who can drive your team to big points while he catches on with a new starting quarterback. Garrett Wilson is a guaranteed fit with Aaron Rodgers, ready to build on his rookie promise with the Jets. Watch for Wilson to make big plays all over the field with his speed, quickness, and route running. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win fantasy championships, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same goes for your vehicle with ebay guaranteed fit over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle are right at your fingertips you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly air filters brakes batteries taillights alternators shocks struts you name it ebay motors has it and they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because ebay guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what you need for your vehicle the first time so go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride needs a little fixing up because now you'll always be set up for success from the get-go with eBay Guaranteed Fit. Everything your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check, get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. That's ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's talk a little bit more about some of the non-Jonah Williams offensive line spots and some of those roster battles. Jackson Kirkland, a name that you may have heard. We, we've discussed a little bit, getting a lot of work with a lot of different teams at both sides of the line of scrimmage, working at both guard spots. Max Sharping, Trey Hill, Maybe a direct competition, or maybe both of those guys make it as possible that they like the versatility that both bring. But before practice today, when they were warming up, they had four centers, the Bengals did, warming up snaps. Max Sharping among them, of course, Ted Karras, Trey Hill, ben I Brown. believe. Was it Ben Brown? Ice. Nate Gilliam was working at center as well in team drills on on Sunday. So interesting. I, I would assume it was Ben guys. Brown. Yeah, I was going to say maybe they, they gave some snaps to Nate Gilliam too during warmups. But the Max Sharping, Trey Hill rotation, I think is particularly interesting. Yeah. This is a, a pair of guys who Trey Hill's only really played center. He's had some work at guard for the Bengals over his time in Cincinnati. Max Sharping last year, his role for this team was a backup guard. And now 
looking for more vers versatility from both of them, you're seeing a lot of Max Sharping getting extra work at center, a lot of Trey Hill getting extra work as, at guard as they're kind of both trying to get to a point where they can back up all three interior positions. And for both of them, this isn't entirely clear to me yet, mm -hmm. that could be their path to making the team. Can they do both of those things mm -hmm. good enough to be a backup, good enough to be the guy off the bench at either of those positions with, think about who was backing up guard last year, like Jackson Carmen's working tackle exclusively. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking about Jackson Carmen being a backup guard, that's not really on the table in terms of experience and in terms of the technique stuff he's really focusing on. That is, is an interesting point to me as they're trying to work out who's going to be able to fill behind the starters where, mm -hmm. and, uh, it seems like those guys are going to have to be versatile. They that's, are. That's a point that that Frank Pollock made yesterday as well. They have to be because it's deep. There's 16 guys in that room and nine spots. Like, I, I think nine. I, yeah. I think that 10 this year would be a lot. And, and they've done 10 in the past, which is to the extreme. Some teams have done eight, which is probably a little light. I think nine makes sense for this team. And so if you're battling for nine spots where you have five starters, those other four – you need to play multiple spots. Akeem Adeniji, they believe, can do that. So now I think Max Sharping says, all right, well, let me learn center and, and let me show that I can play the center spot. And, and vice versa, Trey Hill needs to show that he can be a competent guard if they need him to do that. And, and there are guys in that range that need to do that. Deontay Smith needs to show that, some position versatility. And, and man, the next few weeks are huge for him as he, he tries to make this team. There's... There's a lot of guys. You mentioned Jackson Kirkland. I think he's had a heck of a camp so far, but he has a lot to prove still to make the team. But it's one thing to impress for a few, a few practices or a week or two in camp. It's another for that to translate onto the field when the lights are bright. And, and so there's a lot up in the air right now. Cody Ford was a guy they really liked pre-draft. Obviously, they signed him this offseason, and the talk was, yeah, we think he's more of a tackle. I think he struggled in camp so far. So one – can he not struggle and show that he's one of their best nine offensive linemen? Two, we know he has potential flexibility, but do they just want to keep him at tackle? Will they give him game reps at guard? I think there's a lot of questions there, which this is so refreshing to me, Jake, because we're not talking about, man, try this guy at right tackle and then that guy at right tackle, and maybe that guy will start at that guy. No, we're talking about backups yeah. in this is how it should be when you're talking about offensive line and training camp in the preseason. One other offensive line note, Alex Kappa wasn't on the field on Monday, tweaked something on Sunday. Frank Pollock downplayed it. Not shocked that he's not out there. Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but, but it doesn't seem like it's anything too serious. Yeah, we'll see if he can get out there for any of the Green Bay joint practice coming up on Wednesday. That will be something interesting to watch. Um, speaking of injury notes, just while we're on the topic, uh, Charlie Jones. This is a big one, I think. Yeah. Was back out there. Didn't do 11 on 11s, but did a whole lot of other stuff. Was working with punt returns, was doing position drills for sure. So a big step back for Charlie Jones, making his way back. And show, just shows more than anything that it's not a serious thing for him. He's back out there in full pads, participating at some level in practice. So that is, that's a good sign, I'd say. If you hear music, it's because the Bengals – just finished the, the end of their walkthrough at practice. And uh, so, yeah, you might hear some music from that locker room. That's right. Uh, the, the one other note on Jackson Kirkland that was interesting when Frank Pollock was talking, the only quote that I wrote down, cup runneth over. 
was uh, something that yeah. Frank said about Jackson Kirkland as the install came along. So this is where I mentioned there's been a little bit of a mixed bag. He said he was pretty impressed and has been impressed with Kirkland quite a bit, especially early in camp. And then it just became a lot of information. And if you're an everyday or you heard me yesterday talk about the praise for for Cordell Volson and how much more quickly he's able to play this year and how much more aggressively he's able to play this year because he has all of that experience that he added playing for a full year as a rookie. And, and I think you're starting to see that wall where the information is just a lot for Jackson Kirkland. He's, he's having to think a little bit, and that's what's going to happen to a lot of young guys sure. coming into a new system at a much higher level, right, going from the college football to, to the NFL game, NFL speed. And, and for all these guys, practice is just going to be not practice. The games are going to be very important mm-hmm. for, for these competitions because you can do stuff and practice all you want. You're going to need to show it in a game as well. And, and that's a point that I think we've heard from coaches quite a bit as well. So while we're talking about all these, all these things that have happened in training camp and in practices, that's just a way for them to earn these opportunities to go show that they can do it in a game setting, in a, in a live competition as well. And you mentioned mixed bag in general, just Jackson Carmen. Um, what Frank said about him, he's having a good camp, but he's shown a little bit uh, of having a down day, able to recover. Mm-hmm. And as far as what he wants to see from him, he said – um, consistency, and he, he wants to see what he wants to see from everybody. I'm, I'm reading the transcript here. Dominate and be consistent and accountable to your teammates. Uh, everybody has that standard. So I just think Carmen is light years ahead of where he was during the, these past two training camps, but he's still going to have to earn that swing tackle spot, which I think is kind of up for grabs right now. Obviously, Lyle Collins still working through some things, but this is a deep offensive line room. And, and there's a lot of positions unsettled that we'll start to get the answers to. I do think, though, we can – in Jackson – or in Jonah ha, has been ahead of Jackson the past couple of days. I assume that's going to continue to be a theme. Maybe not. Maybe they'll continue to rotate them. At some point, though, I think that 73, Jonah Williams, is going to be the starter. And in my head, is already the starter. That point might be after the first preseason game. In my mind, I'm just thinking about it because they might want to see both guys go against Green Bay's ones, especially in the practice coming up on Wednesday. The practice. I would be shocked if Jonah played on Friday. And, and that would be telling if he doesn't and, and Jackson does. I mean, would you play Jonah? No, I wouldn't. Yeah. But but they are keeping up this idea of a competition, right? And, Sounds and good. And still doing the rotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, and, I, and I think I floated my conspiracy theories out there about what's going on with Jackson Carmen on Twitter as well in terms of Michael Jordan and Billy Price also got first team reps back when they were still sure. on the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, last note, I know a lot of people, before we switch to some some other notes that we're going we're gonna to finish up with, uh, from, from Frank Pollock in particular, talked about Chase Brown and was pretty complimentary, explosive, yeah. good vision. Yep. A lot of people have been asking for some Chase Brown notes. And for all these running backs, what it's going to come down to is pass protection and the ability to execute as a runner, as a receiver in preseason games. But I think... Chase Brown is, is showing some some fun potential. I watched the the pass protection drills during one-on-ones. It's the beauty of having us both there is Jake was with the receivers. Who would have thought? Corners and receivers. I was with the running backs and, and some of the trench guys. Man, I, I can't believe that that Are happened. Are you okay? You know why? Because, well, Joe Mixon had a couple misses and, and was beat. Chris Evans, same thing. I think Chase Brown was the best pass protector of the three in this particular drill, and he wasn't great. So we'll see. But you want to talk about things we're going to be looking for? Mm-hmm. We, we need to figure that out. Um, who, who is going to be – obviously, they are the ones that need to figure it out. We will relay the information. 
right now the information is is a mixed bag at best. And, and the Bengals have a lot of snaps, like 50% of their offensive snaps, 45% of their offensive snaps that aren't going to go to Joe Mixon. And so who else do they go to? You hope that that back, one of the two at least, is a really good pass protector. I'm not sure if that guy's on this roster, if it's not Travion Williams, who's obviously out. So just a quick note there. But we will get to more notes, like Jake said, coming up next right here on Locked on Bengals. Speaking of Travion Williams and these running backs and pass protection and all of those fun things, just to close that loop, Travion Williams was on the rehab field again on Monday, as was Terrell, Terrell Basham. And just to, to wrap up the thought about pass protection and the inconsistency that we've seen, Joe Mixon had a couple issues today, you mentioned, mm-hmm. but yesterday, two for two in, in a couple of pass protection reps that I saw. So it truly has been up and down, but that's been the story for, well, that's the story, honestly, for most running backs in the NFL. Well, and that's the thing. We know, they know what Joe Mixon is as a pass protector. Yeah. So you need someone else to emerge. Yeah. I, I, I don't think in year seven now, Joe's going to be anything different than what we know Joe is, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's certainly the starter, but after that, who's going to emerge, who's going to step up. I think that's a, a really interesting battle. And uh, much like the the backup offensive line battle, those are things we'll watch watch for um all right safeties you were over there you you have some safety talk and uh some one-on-one observations yeah so the one-on-ones i was watching what was interesting there was it was uh one safety it was Mm. dax hill and it was wide receivers and it was corners dax hill was doing one-on-ones with the corners in practice on monday and uh we've seen him mostly in the box We've seen him down in the slot over receivers, over tight ends. We've seen them go single high a lot with Nick Scott playing the deep safety spot. And it was very interesting to me that in the one-on-ones today, he was with the corners. Continuing to work in the box, continuing to work in the slot, in those one-on-one contexts, in those man rep kind of Mm contexts, right? And it lines up with what we've seen with his usage overall. And, and that's the point on safeties as larger is you're seeing Dax continuing to work near the box. Mm-hmm. Nick Scott continuing to work deep, even more than I might have imagined. And I've all along been saying I thought that was going to be the case, mm-hmm. that I thought he would take up some of the Trey Flowers role, that I thought Nick Scott would be the deep safety more than Dax Hill would. But I still thought that we would see the versatility. Mm-hmm. I think we're still expecting – Dax Hill to be a versatile safety, to be able to be lined up all over the place, to be like some of those, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick mold safeties, Derwin James mold safeties, different player, obviously, but in terms of where he can be used, haven't seen that yet, but it does seem like there's a pretty clear plan for those guys so far in camp. will be very interesting to see how they use them in the Green Bay practice as well. Last safety note I have is, and I'll shout out Joe Goodberry for this because I didn't see it, but he mentioned that there was a three safety look with Jordan Battle on the field as well. And we haven't seen a whole lot of Jordan Battle. He's been dealing with some, I, I assume, minor stuff because he's, he's been out there. He just hasn't been a full participant. Some tightness is what was uh, said by Zach Taylor. Yeah, okay. Um, that adds up, checks out, minor things, but was out there for an 11s rep on Sunday in a three safety look. So, We've, we've been talking about that a lot. Haven't seen it a whole lot. It will be interesting if we see some more of that now as the preseason goes on. I'd be surprised. I think it's Dax, and I think it's Nick, and I think the Jordan Battle train, not that it's off he's, the tracks by any stretch. I think he's fine. I just think 
this idea that they're going to play a bunch of three safeties is snap here, snap there. Like, there's a reason Dax didn't get on the field last year. Yeah. Like, that Dax as a rookie is better than Jordan Battle as a rookie. Yeah. And, and so I, I think that that's, that's it. And the other part of it is, is they're probably trying to get Nick Scott as comfortable as possible uh, with this, with this defense. Obviously it's his first year in this defense and with Dax, who knows, maybe they do start to move him around. So I do think that that part is interesting, but um, yeah, he's kind of your Von Bell and Trey flowers is, is how it looks. If he's playing in the box and also guarding yeah. those guys and, and kind of can do a little bit of both, obviously when he's doing one-on-ones with the corners, working on his coverage ability. And that's why you do that. It's not like they're going to trot him out there to play outside corner. Like that's yeah. not the plan just to be very, very clear. Um, but cornerbacks just sticking with the secondary theme, mm-hmm. DJ Turner had a nice interception and one-on-ones. You caught the video of that. I also caught him just on, and you actually recorded this one too. He was on Andre Yosevash's hip during the team period. Jake Browning threw a good ball, but I, I watched the replay. Yosevash climbs the ladder, catches it. Mm-hmm. Turner gets his hand on it. I don't oh, know really? how he didn't bat it. It was a perfect play. Had his hand in between Andre's hands, hits the ball, and, and somehow Andre was still able to end up with it. It's a heck of a catch. I tweeted it out. But, uh, yeah, DJ was in perfect position, just didn't knock it away. And a big play for Yosevash as well. I know we're talking about the corners here. And and some points I wanted to make on the corners, I was watching those corner receiver one-on-ones today that James, I'm really concerned about you. you he, he missed them. This is, I think, your favorite thing about training camp. Got to protect nine. Yeah. You know me. That's important. I can't disagree there. You know me. But uh, (laughs) DJ Ivy had a one-on-one on the the last rep of the wide receiver one-on-ones. And it was, they were working red zones. They were doing like fades, outs, things like that. Trying trying to work red zone routes. And they were man coverage. DJ Ivy in the last rep against Jamar Chase had a pass breakup. Some pretty notable thing for the seventh round rookie trying mm-hmm. to make the team dj ivy uh dj turner had a pick that was against mac hippenhammer and he just undercut a route t higgins had a touchdown tyler boyd had a touchdown so there was certainly some success for the the wide receivers as well but for those rookie corners i thought that was noteworthy and the last thing is a lot of people have asked about Sidney jones we haven't talked a ton about him he has just been rotating there's been a rotation at corner with dj turner with Sidney jones so it's not like Sidney jones is falling out of favor or anything like that I do think there's a competition there. I don't know how many corners they're going to be able to keep, but both of those guys are still working in a rotation with various units, with the ones, with the twos. And Cheeto still, I think, will will hopefully be able to get back. Yeah, that, that's certainly the hope as far as that cornerback room is concerned. CB1, from that to, to punters, I'm talking trenches and punters. Brad Robbins today. Oh, man. Booming. He was great. I mean, great, like directionally great. You heard the sound with the ball coming off of his foot, and I think that matters. I don't remember hearing that last year from either of the other two punters, right, Drew Christman or Kevin Huber. So I think the Bengals got one, and what a what a sight it would be if they did. He uh, he had a heck of a practice. He he crushed one that I, I – I, you said you had over five seconds, right? Or was it four, four point the, There was high. one that was in the mid-fours, and then you said that Joe had some that were in the fives. Yeah, I went up and stood in the bleachers with, with Joe Goodberry for just a few minutes during the – the special teams, the, the punting portion of practice. One, Charlie Jones was back there, so that was something that he was doing in this practice. I think I mentioned that, but two. He didn't do one-on-ones, to be clear, right? Not that I recall. Yeah, I didn't think he would have. Not that I recall. Saving um, him for Wednesday, hopefully. Hopefully. That, that's definitely the hope. You want to see him get as many reps in live competition or, or more higher-speed competition as you can. 
Um, but yeah, multiple punts over five seconds, like 55, 60 yards to the sideline have one incredible coffin corner that I, I, they're punting from the negative. I want to say 32 or 28. I think it was somewhere around the 30 mm -hmm. and it was out of bounds. It was like a 52 yard punt out of bounds inside the 20 and, and just landed just out of bounds, right? Like that's, you know, just about as well placed as it could be. So really impressive, really impressive day for Brad Robbins. And that's, that's pretty cool. Noted out. He's noted out. I'm he looking checked, at my notes. I'm looking at my notes. The, I'm looking at the time and, and check the notebook noted out. The good news is, is we're back all week long. And that includes a mailbag on Wednesday. Then we will preview game day. It's game week, like you said. So we'll preview the Bengals and Packers. And obviously, uh, we'll have you covered when it comes to that training camp practice, the number one training camp practice, which is going to be that joint practice and then the game on Friday as well. So it's going to be a busy week, my friend. Yeah, it's a busy week. It's an extra episode with with that Friday game. So you get to look forward to that after the game. It'll be a late one if you're still up after that. It's a prime time Friday night game. Your favorite. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We will also have some notes on on some other trench players. Some of you are still wondering about Miles Murphy. So we'll get those in there as well as we continue to catch up and Joint practice. Can't wait. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.